Not everyone was so fortunate as to understand at the age of 14, as did Vanya Levitsky. Every honest man is sure to go to prison. Right now my papa is serving time, and when I grow up, they'll put me in too. They put him in when he was 23 years old. The majority sit quietly and dare to hope. Since you aren't guilty, then how can they arrest you? It's a mistake. They're already dragging you along by the collar, and you still keep on exclaiming to yourself, It's a mistake. They'll set things straight and let me out. Others are being arrested en masse, and that's a bothersome fact. But in those other cases, there is always some dark area. Maybe he was guilty. But as for you, you are obviously innocent. You still believe that the organs of humanly... You still believe that the organs are humanly logical institutions. They will set things straight and let you out. Why then should you run away? And how can you resist right then? After all, you'll only make your situation worse. You'll make it more difficult for them to sort out the mistake. And isn't it just that you don't put up any resistance? You even walk down the stairs on tiptoe as you are ordered to so your neighbors won't hear? Hey, you want to get high, man? Let's like your mind. Get up, Chucky! What have we got here? Fucking comedian. <laughs> Kim. All right. Hello. Welcome to the Rojan Kim cast. It's me. Rojan. Me. You know this, right? I hope so by now. That was a reading from uh, the Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn. A little light reading there for you to start off the podcast. That was from the first chapter called Arrest. And it just talks about how, you know, shitloads of people were starting to get arrested during uh, Stalin's purge. The beginnings of the, these purges. People just getting arrested. You know who I want to arrest? It's my dog Badger, because he was bad. He was a bad boy. He should go to. He was in dog jail. We put him in. I put him in dog jail, because he ate some bones, some chicken bones off the counter. He climbed, somehow climbed, up to the counter and knocked over some bones and ate them up. Cooked chicken bones, which he's that's you know that's bad. Cooked cooked bones are bad because they can splinter, choke the dog, or poke him in his insides or whatever. But it's been 48 hours and he's fine. No strange blood. No, he didn't choke. Obviously, he didn't choke. That's like the first danger, right? When your dog eats bones, unbeknownst to you, is that you could come home and find a dead dog with the bone sticking out of his throat because he's fucking choked to death. But no, he's okay. Bones dissolve just fine. Then I did some research and I was like, dude, he's really, he really loves bones. What's, go- what's going on? Is he. What about raw bones? I, I read that raw bones are cool for dogs right um they're supposed to be because they're softer they don't splinter and if you think about it this article i read said dogs evolve to eat smaller animals you know not beef you know not not cows that's why you shouldn't give your dog raw cow bones like bone marrow or stuff like you know like those asabuco bones or whatever you shouldn't first of all don't get them cooked bones and secondly not beef uh or bison or whatever big animal bones because since they are canines they they evolved to eat birds smaller smaller things even meant said lamb give them raw lamb bones i guess it's okay but anyway supposedly raw chicken bones are supposed to be great for the dog and not only that raw chicken is okay they said like really don't they get like salmonella or something but this article, a couple articles. I read more than one. I'm a responsible dog parent. Well, it said that the dog's immune system is built to handle that kind of stuff and built to handle eating raw bones because that's what they do, man. They're dogs. They eat bones. And in the wild, they would eat fucking 
chicken bones and they'd eat all kinds of bones and just chew them up and eat them. And that's what they did. And there's a lot of minerals and there's a lot of good stuff in the bones that they need, that they evolved to need growing up as canines. It would even help their teeth. Their te- My badger, if he's got one, he's a beautiful boy, but if he's got one area that he could use improvement it's his teeth you know he chipped them when you chip someone who's young there's little cracks for him he's got brittle teeth so apparently chewing on some raw chicken bones works wonders for the teeth for the whole dog in general and he's like middle-aged now he's like sort of probably around the middle of his lifespan and i think let's let's give it to the guy huh let's give him a let's give him a raw chicken leg why not let him chew on it? Cause he loves them. Obviously he loves chicken. It's not the first time he ate chicken bones. He found some fried chicken bones and ate those too. Just blah, 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 ate them right up. And every time we fucking worry, wonder, anything's going down, it's going down. Now I see that he can actually fucking just eat raw chicken bones. And that's actually good for him, but we, we can't leave the cooked ones around. So that's why we put him in doggy jail. Right. And he was innocent. He said he was innocent. He couldn't believe it. It's like me. No way. And yet, yeah, we put him in jail. Well, it's not really jail. I, uh, new rule, new rule for for doggy. He can't come on the bed. Not come on the bed. Uh, not come on the bed. I mean, come on, it's gross, guys. It's gross. I mean, he can't sleep in bed with us anymore because it's just it's too much. And I think it, there's no boundaries between us and him. And he he starts getting real haughty, you know, real uppity. And so, to put him in his place. Working on getting him in a, get him a, getting him a bed. It's comfortable that he likes Forzone, but separating him altogether, so it's not he doesn't get all weird. You know, I think when he was a puppy, we did a good job. We crate trained him. We did a good job of preventing separation anxiety and stuff like that. But now he's, he's approaching middle age, and he can get weird again, as can we all, right? It's like <laughs> you get your childhood. You got the teenagers, right? Those t- crucial areas. And you got those 20s and then that middle age, you know, like, and then what? What's after that? Oh, I guess the autumn, autumn of your years. Or is now the autumn? Wait, is middle age? No, middle age is summer, right? Am I in the summer? I'm in the summer of my life, everyone. Ah, <laughs> oh, summer of your life. Imagine being in the summer of your life and then being jailed uh, for an unjust reason. And just uh, like reading the Gulag Archipelago is, I think it's important. It's a fucking slog, but it's it's important. And this thing about arrest, right? This idea that like the honest people are going to jail. Like it doesn't matter. There's a, once, once the state can just sort of decide absolutely who gets to go to jail. There's no right and wrong. I mean, they use that against you, but there's none of that's being decided by the state. And let me read you this. Okay, this is like the footnote of that paragraph I just read, right? And how we burned in the camps later thinking, what would things have been like if every security operative, when he went out at night to make an arrest, had been uncertain whether he would return alive and had to say goodbye to his family? Or if during periods of mass arrests, as for example in Leningrad, when they arrested a quarter of the entire city, people had not simply sat there in their lairs, paling with terror, at every bang of the downstairs door and at every step on the staircase, but had understood they had nothing left to lose and had boldly set up in the downstairs hall an ambush of half a dozen people with axes, hammers, pokers, or whatever else was at hand. 
After all, you knew ahead of time that those blue caps were out at night for no good purpose, and you could be sure ahead of time that you'd be cracking the skull of a cutthroat. Or what about the Black Maria sitting out there on the street with one lonely chauffeur? What if it had been driven off or its tire spiked? The organs would quickly have suffered a shortage of officers and transport, and notwithstanding all of Stalin's thirst, the cursed machine would have ground to a halt. If, if, we didn't love freedom enough, we didn't love freedom enough, and even more, we had no awareness of the real situation. We spent ourselves in one unrestrained outburst in 1917, and then we hurried to submit. We submitted with pleasure. Arthur Ransom describes a workers' meeting in Yaroslavl in 1921. Delegates were sent to the workers from the Central Committee in Moscow to confer on the substance of the arguments about trade unions. The representative of the opposition, Y. Larin, explained to the workers that their trade union must be their defense against the administration, that they possessed rights, which they had not won, and upon which no one else had any right to infringe. The workers, however, were completely indifferent, simply not comprehending whom they still needed to be defended against and why they still needed any rights. When the spokesman for the party line rebuked them for their laziness and for getting out of hand and demanded sacrifices from them, overtime work without pay, reductions in food, military discipline in the factory administrations, this aroused great elation and applause. We purely and simply deserved everything that happened afterward. I didn't expect that last paragraph to be so long. I, I was, well, you, okay, hopefully you get the point. Which is what? Uh, well, the point, I think, is that you're saying, like, if only people had resisted. People don't resist because they believe that, I don't know, I guess they believe that they weren't guilty. They believe that this couldn't be happening, right? Yeah, no, surely they'd let us out. I mean, surely they'd let us out. But would they? I mean, would they? I don't know. Yeah, I think about uh, the drug war. It makes me, that's what I thought about because, you know, come on, let's be obvious let's be obvious let's be clear the united states is not the same as it was under stalin with these purges and you know we're not like purging people or whatever i'm sure it happens but it's on a low level it's not like nationwide purges not a quarter of a city being sent to a prison that's fucking crazy right can you imagine that out of all the four people four people you know one of them sent away to a prison camp and you'd be like, I guess he was a spy or something. I mean, I guess whatever they said he did is what, why would you, right? And everybody's like, if you're not doing anything wrong, you have nothing to worry about, right? And that's actually how I started thinking about the drug war. Because that's a common thing, right? People say about the drug war, it's like, well, if you're not doing anything wrong, you have nothing to worry about. Don't have drugs. Don't do drugs. And that's it, right? So I guess, like, you know, if you don't do drugs, then good for you. I mean, that's great. I'm better than that person who does drugs, but does, does that person deserve to be locked up? And what are drugs? Drugs is, that's like, you might as well say, uh, food. It's so broad. What do you, are we talking aspirin, co uh, coffee, marijuana, cocaine, fentanyl patches, opioids? Huh? You hear about how Tom Petty died? Opioids, fentanyl mixed with Xanax, just like they, just like all of them. Celebrity, Heath Ledger, whatever, name a celebrity. After the 60s, after booze. It used to be booze, probably pills too back then. All right, I'm not going to go on a rant about the opioid crisis because where people see an opioid crisis, I see an opioid opportunity. It's an opportunity 
to learn about this pharmacological shit that they were that were being I don't know repressed with oppressed where how can we be free how can we be free if we acquiesce with even the most uh, innocuous seeming of demands from the state how can we truly be you know we're just like oh okay we'll do it but what's the penalty right penalty is uh it just it, there's a range of like you pay money or i guess the public shaming <laughs> you know pay some money you go to jail we're gonna kill you like there's you know there's a series of penalties that exist for if you decide i don't want to do that that thing that everybody says you should do it's dangerously anarchic am i being becoming an anarchist no i don't no and i believe i don't know if we need government but i think it's going to happen Anyway, well, that's <laughs> so I'm smoking weed again. So that's what's happening. Um, I, uh, I had a nice run, 18, 19 days. I basically it was, you know, I was doing it all the way till Remy's birthday because you know we're gonna celebrate, and that's probably the longest stretch I've gone since 1996. I'm sure 19 August, you know, sometime in 1996, and. I gotta say, it was. I liked it. It was good. I mean, I definitely got so high after not smoking that long and then smoking. I'd forgotten how wonderful, how wonderful marijuana is. Marijuana is so wonderful, and it's it's a pity to abuse it. It's a pity to abuse it. It's just you know it cheapens the whole thing. It's kind of like she's a lady. You gotta treat her like a lady. She's special. You can't just use her, roll over, take a puff, and then fucking hit the vaporizer and lunch and then come home and just smoke bong loads till you fucking pass out. Right? That's not no way to treat a lady. You special. Alright. Um <laughs> So what are some notes? Let's say notes on being sober. Notes on recovering my uh THC brain. So I, I got the CBDs. Uh, okay. So I got some CBDs and ended up getting, by chance, by chance, some THC oil. Yeah, I didn't even buy it. just magically appeared. And so then I was able to kind of try the CBDs and then try the THC. And like sort of try the two things and see what. And yeah, CBDs are awesome because you do get the sort of... Um, there's like a physical relief, a mental relief that comes with it. You know, that's familiar with weed. Uh, it's a chill vibe, but not like sleepy, but chill. Kind of make, it had, could it possibly be a laxative effect? I don't know, but it could have been me just maybe doing too much. Uh, maybe I was too relaxed. I don't know. But it's, it's relaxing, but it's not intoxicating. There's no, not like, it's, you're just, yeah, you're just sober it's fine it's kind of like vaping an e-cigarette except you don't get the rush the nicotine rush you get the cbd kind of mellow so it's not bad it's not bad for like say a daily operator for someone such as yours truly who is a weed crackhead you know what i mean somebody who needs to maybe augment how uh how much weed i'm smoking or how i'm using it right and yeah i don't want to also like replace cbd oil with uh, the crackhead behavior. I mean, it, there's something, you know, that's, there's something good about the moderation that comes with not reaching for it every time as I stare at my bong in front of me. 
So it was cool. Is it, I mean, I whatever. I don't, I didn't, you know, I don't feel like there's like a value inherent in sobriety. And there isn't really a value inherent in intoxication. It just, these are just some, some things we can do for some reason <laughs> as we exist. Since sentient creatures, or even whatever, non animals get high, right? So we're animals. And we are higher beings, are we not? Are we not? Are we not? Um, I saw this sketch. All right, you ever see the show Peep Show? The show called Peep Show. I think it's on Hulu. But it's uh, these two guys, David Mitchell, Mark Webb. Mark Webb? Yeah, David Mitchell, Mark Webb. And they have a sketch series called Mitchell and Webb, the Mitchell and Webb look. And in the Mitchell and Webb look, one of their most famous sketches is called Are We the Baddies? Just YouTube, Are We the Baddies? And watch it. But essentially, you know, the joke is that there are these two Nazis and one of them is coming to the conclusion, the realization that they're the bad guy. You know, he's like, are we the baddies? And that's just, and that's just what it is. And sometimes I have that moment all the time. I have that moment all the time just because, you know, we grew up, I grew up in the middle of the Cold War or toward the end of it. It's a heightened Cold War. A lot of movies about that shit. Rocky going to Russian shit. You know, a lot of media going on. It was, it was still, you were in the throes of a propaganda war, right? Between two sides. And we were the good guys and they were the bad guys. And we were good. We were good, man. Yeah. Whatever happened to being good. Now, I guess once the Soviet Union, you know, crumbled, there's no more. There was a unipolar sort of world dynamic where the U.S. was at the top. Sort of second-tier dudes and kind of other dudes at the bottom and then... There's terrorism. You know, terrorism came. We didn't know what to do with that, and so terrorism came. So now we're fighting terror. Terror fighting. And I guess we beat terror or something, or we're sick of it. Or there's enough terror. I guess after we quote-unquote have destroyed ISIS, we're going back. Going back, everybody, to the Cold War. Fighting Russia again. And I just say it's not a good idea, guys. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we should do it. Um, or maybe, you know what? Maybe it's a nice way of... Uh, the 80s were awesome. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's people seek order. Maybe it'll make people... Um, make make things clear for people. We're the good guys again. We need a bad guy. We need a bad guy. Terrorism's too vague. It's not working. But perhaps we're the bad guys. We're the bad guys. What about, I mean, say I, I saw Star Wars last jedi and spoilers it's the last jedi um i had nothing there i don't know why i took a stab at that uh, anyway the movie movie's fine what it's a very it's just it's hmm it's really all silly isn't it? i mean that's really what i've kind of after watching it well the first one's you know as a kid the next ones kind of sucked, you know, as a bit of an adult. And now, now, and they're fun. The ones now are fun, but it's also like, what? Why is this all happening? What? Like, why is the republic now on the run? Because they were the status quo. Like, why? Because the empire was destroyed, and then the republic formed, and they became the government. And then somehow they crumbled because of the first order. It just doesn't. How come? Well, it just made makes no sense. Maybe they weren't good rulers. Why do they deserve to rule and be the rebel? It's just because they are the rebels that they are now it's just like a, a just so story so anyway it's all rather silly and, and i started thinking about like what about 
the narrative that people tell each other about us. Like if you lived in a country where drone came and, you know, killed a few of your friends or people or family, what kind of stories would you tell about this nation, this this evil nation that sends cold robots to do its bidding? They don't even face you face-to-face, they say. They don't even have the guts to come themselves. They send fucking robots and explosions, you know? So that's why we were going to make an ice cream sundae. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Anyway, that's uh, what is the point of thinking that? Well, here's the whole thing. Okay, the Gulag Archipelago, the whole thing with the Jordan Peterson and the guy in the – it's all about – it's all about how we're all capable of not only the most incredible acts, beautiful, artistic, amazing acts of kindness, we're also capable of the most depraved, you know, torturous, sickening, you know, just fucking all taboo breaking acts. Like we're just all, we're all, all of us are capable of it. And to say that we're not, perhaps is dangerous. You know, that's what I, you know, that's what Solzhenitsyn's saying, right? And maybe that's what it is with us, man. Like, we have to see how we're perceived by other people, you know, and and kind of, like, imagine us being the bad guy, because we are in a lot of cases. I mean, we are are, the strongest, the strongest ones, we do all this shit, so it's easy to be perceived as, you know, the the empire. You know, if you were watching Star Wars and you were in a shithole country, like our president said, you'd be like, uh, well, it seems like America is the empire is America. Uh, the empire is America. Trump is not Kylo Ren. I don't know how the analogies really work, but it just seems like they're the bad guys. Right? Maybe we're the bad, we're the bad guys. I mean, but we're not. That's the whole thing. It's like as individual people, we're not. Of course, I'm not bad. Like I don't, I'm not a Nazi. I don't want to kill people, or I don't want to murder little fuzzy animals, or whatever the fuck. Even though we do to eat them, but I don't want to do that. But we do. I don't want to, but we do. Not even with animals. I mean, you know, we eat animals. We eat plants. All of it. We just eat it. it goes down our gullet. It has to for us to live. We don't want to. I mean, we don't want to hurt them. I mean, we we like it. I mean, it's good. It's delicious. And we have to, and it tells us we're living, and it's good. And that's just, we used our brains to make it just a carnival of slaughter. That's just both in eating and in war. We, we just, that's what we've done. We <laughs> don't really understand anything about our brains. At least we understand sometimes because, like, we get knocked in the head or something, you know, things happen. Some people are born all fucked up, and then we can study them and be like, oh, this is what happens. But other than that, we don't know shit about the brain. We don't know shit about, like, what makes us us. But we do crazy things, right? Just the industrial scale slaughter that we're capable of. It's just, wow. Put it Like, all that effort. Because the long-ass time ago, you know, it came out with, like, swords that's good. That's much longer than a knife, and you just very efficient. Just hack away a lot of people, kill a lot of people. Axes, things like that, spears. Very good. Very efficient. Let's just double down on that. I guess that's it. But you know, it took like ten thousand years. 
years or whatever to get to get better at it. But we did, we did, and now we're in, we now we can just vaporize people. Now we're just fuck it. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's make it so that we can uh, break people down into tiny little pieces, like in movies, and so like turn into sand or something. Right, we should do that. And then liquefy or something like that. I don't know. Anyway, are we the baddies? That's all. That's what I'm wondering. Hmm. Hmm. I say embrace it. I mean, not to say like, yeah, we're evil or whatever, but just accept it. That's what we are. Rome. It's Rome. Rome or whatever the fuck. Atlantis. Whatever, <laughs> whatever the fuck that the great civilizations have been in the past that have ultimately crumble. A lot of crazy shit happens in that aftermath. A lot of darkness. But then new things that spring forth because that's just life. Life, man. History. Life. As long as we're here and nothing knocks us out of orbit or stops the simulation... And that's just, it's just going to happen, right? So I say enjoy it. We're at the height of civilization right now. The height of it. <laughs> you can still go and get things that don't grow anywhere near you at the store. And just pay some money to get it. And once something fucks with that, then we, we should be shitting ourselves. But as long as that's happening, it's totally fine, right? It's totally fine. Just like... Just like Solzhenitsyn's head, right? That's not going to happen, is it? I don't know. I mean, given the circumstances, and I'm not talking about Trump, because it's not about, it seriously isn't about him, man. He doesn't, this shit has been going on forever, right? A lot of, something's got to be done. I mean, okay, climate change. Is it happening? I don't know. But is it shitty and bad that we put out a fuck ton of carbon more than that's ever been recorded historically? That's probably bad. And we, isn't it true we have the technology to do something better, something cleaner, something more efficient? Yeah. So what's stopping us? Add the money. The money. But the meaningless pieces of paper that we just talked about about the height of civilization how we can use that to make things happen that you know uh, we couldn't happen we couldn't make happen back in the day but why is that stopping us we should be making more money after doing the fucking thing that needs to get done you know, caught up money in itself has no fucking value but once you give it value it just fucking it fucks a lot of things up because then people Everything becomes about how much of that you have and if you lose it then it's bad but what about progress what about make things better why aren't those values because it's not profitable see that's the inherent difficulty in valuing money it stops other values because you can use it's not a value it's it's a thing it's a fact it's like saying erasers you know like why are you why you why do you do that and you go erasers i mean all right <laughs> okay Hey, I'm grateful. I All I know is, like, I could have been born. And think of all the places on Earth. All of them. And how all of them, are, most of them, are probably shittier than where you are. I mean, I'm sure there are some places that may be more wonderful, so, so grand. But just imagine just being in a place that really sucks. And sure, okay, shithole is ugh, fucking present. <laughs> but whatever, say you were in one of those shitholes. No, would you, you don't know, you don't know any better, so I guess uh, you might not be unhappy, but still, 
think of what you have, you know, and be grateful for it. That's what I say. I'm sorry. Am I preaching? I don't mean to you. I'm talking to the mirror right now. I'm not <laughs> but I, I like to think of the shit I have. I mean, I could be dead. I could, yes, for sure be dead. For sure be dead. I've done stupid things. I've walked on the goddamn Hollywood freeway, uh, North Hollywood freeway, uh, on acid. On acid as a teenager, just walking down the freeway like four in the morning. Yeah, I could have gotten hit. I could be dead. Uh, I've almost been lured away by strangers. I could be dead. I could have uh, very close to committing suicide. All these things could be dead, but I'm not. I'm still here. I'm turning 40. Fuck it. I'm in the middle of my life, uh, but I'm okay. I'm happy. I'm happy, and I've dealt with a lot of fucking shit that I see coming. Um, you know, especially looking at the older generation of my family. Uh, there's a reckoning. There's always a reckoning. You can punt and punt as long as you want, but it's fucking reckoning coming so the sooner you deal with it i think the less of an impact maybe you'll have in your whole life and and ultimately that end where you'll feel that regret of like ah oh, should have should have done that should have done that oh that's a terrible waste of time i feel like what a waste of time when you have so little time left on your deathbed and that's right i'm talking about my deathbed guy <laughs> i swear i'm fine <laughs> i'm totally fine no i've thought of all this stuff man you can't hide from it. Just like can't hide from the evil in you, can't hide from the, the mortality, right? The denial of death. My, my cousin Han, super into this denial of death thing, but denial of death. Yeah, that's just <sighs> Thanatos, right? The fucking death complex that Freud talked about and other people. Death. We all, it all happens. We all don't want it to happen. That's why so many people have kids. And think that that's well, that's that's all I got. That's it for me. I'm done. <laughs> and in essence, that is true. But we have these crazy brains we know nothing about. For some reason, Shakespeare's a dude. He's still around. Neil Simon, who wrote more than Shakespeare, that less people know, but I know. Fucking Neil Simon. <laughs> and do you know who he is? Ah, it doesn't matter. You might after now that I put him in your mind, right? There's an immortality that exists through cognition, consciousness. The collective unconscious, whatever, just being remembered, leaving behind art. Is that what I'm doing now? <laughs> is that what this is? That's what this is. Oh, God. No. No, this is not. This is not art. This is like the drippings. This is like if, you know, Michelangelo had to paint the Sistine Chapel upside down, the paint would drip and fall into his eye. And that's like what I feel like this is. This is. This is. <laughs> <laughs> oh god alright guys well thank you very much uh, for listening to the Rosen Kimmy cast hope you had fun um, more Gulag Archipelago next week I don't know it's it's making me think a lot man it's making me think a lot it's like what what happens when uh, you start thinking you're too good all the time not thinking about how it's possible to be bad just as a society and as an individual anyway that's great good stuff good stuff guys um, follow me on Twitter at Rosen Kim Check out my blog, my blog, my blog. Go to rojankim.com. Check out the website. I'm just going to update stuff, do stuff. There's going to be new stuff coming, working on some projects, all kinds of empty language like that that I'm going to put all over the website. So check that out. And yeah, send me some Bitcoin at uh, 1Z41. No, you don't have to send Bitcoin. But you, if you want to, you can. If you would like to send me cryptocurrency, let me know. I don't know. 
ping ping me that's what the kids say um all right guys thank you so much thank you so much for listening